Welcome to this episode of the Grants Pass Gospel Rescue Mission Podcast. I am your host, Mission Media Specialist, Eric Mortensen, and today I sit down with Executive Director Brian Boteller to talk about the mission's Pathway to Independence program. So let's get started. All right, Brian, why would you say that the mission is so successful at helping people get off the street? The mission has a, a fairly well thought out pathway to independence that um, we've gotten to see worked out and we've gotten to hone it. You know, we've been around for 40 years, so we've gotten to, to watch it uh, grow, change, expand over time to what it is today. And, and we've been, you know, just progressively um, getting it better all the time. So we're addressing the whole issue of life. We're addressing, we're addressing how did they become homeless and really trying to deal with the, the issues that are hard, maybe a little harder to say um, from a friend or a family member, um, and maybe a little harder to hear from just the, a, a public, somebody in the public shouting at you and stuff. But we're able to walk alongside them and, and talk with them and discuss these things with them and apply biblical principles to their life as we go. So how is that accomplished practically? Well, practically, I, it's it's real simple. In fact, it, it actually, you know, I just made it sound like it's coming with lots of teaching, but it's not really practically done through classwork and teaching. It's really done by taking somebody who was isolated and homeless and moving them into a community immediately um, and, and giving them a safe place to work out. What does that mean to live in community? So... Um, so, for example, they come in off the streets and they move into a dorm room with maybe up to 20 other people, you know, and, and, um, and there they get to experience how other people impact them. And they also get to feel how they impact other people in some ways. And, and as they're responsible for taking care of the mess that they create and the messes of others, then they're also recognizing, hey, maybe I shouldn't make such a mess, you know, and, and things like that. So, um, and then we also, you know, we do it in the work environment. We do it in the, you know, when somebody comes in, they, they get put on housekeeping or maybe they get put in the kitchen or maybe they get put in, uh, you know, in, a, in one of our work centers and uh, a thrift store or something, and, and they have to work alongside somebody else. And it's not always easy. You know, at first it's, um, at first it, it you know, you, you, all these little problems start popping up. And what we realize is that these are the problems that that person's been carrying with them into their homelessness. And so we get to see it. And we get to, and we go, oh, these are the issues. And we get to kind of help them address those issues as they come up. And, uh, and that's part of what really, you know, exposes that. We, we see it through a lens that's very biblical and very, you know, uh, gospel-centered. Um, and, and because of that, I think it gives us a, a lot of clarity on, on, you know, what we need to address and how we go about it. So I think that those are the things that, that really give us the success that we get. Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate here. How long can someone stay at the mission? I've heard 30 days. <laughs> I don't know where anybody would have heard that, but uh, 
But, you know, you can stay at the mission as long as you're willing to put out the effort towards making progress. So it really just depends. As long as you want to stop being homeless, you can you can stay at the mission. And that's what progress means for us is, is you know, it's verifiable, uh, documentable evidence that you're actually doing those things necessary to to gain your own home to to gain your to regain your uh reentry back into you know good society and and, and everything and and uh and so uh, as long as there's as long as you can make evidence on on that show evidence for it and demonstrate that you're doing the hard work you can stay here as long as you need. So for some people, it could be, you know, they might be able to get it, get everything done in four or five months. And and for many, it takes, you know, maybe, you know, one or two years. And uh, and we're okay with that. I, I, we're going to be committed to walk along them, alongside with them as long as, as long as they need. How is resident progress tracked? Is there a review process? So... It, the, the review process works. It's uh, it's a monthly thing that, and it's monthly because so much of the cycles of our own life happen monthly. I mean, you've got you pay your your electricity bill or your you know water bill or your rent or mortgage or whatever on a monthly basis, and so we just want to get them back into like the cycles and rhythms of re- regular life. So once a month, you're coming in before a coordinator who's going to um, ask for what's your evidence for uh, th- that you've done well and that you're making progress. And, and that evidence is, um, is you know, third-party testimony to, to the fact that you've been doing well, whether it's by other residents who've, who are part of our program who get to say, yeah, you know, uh, he shows up on time or she's really put in a lot of effort and, um, and is real helpful with the rest of staff and, and things like that. Um, it could be, uh, it could be actually documentation, you know, or we said, Hey, we need you to open up a checking account and you actually have to bring in the bank statement that shows that you opened up that checking account. And so it's just, it's just evidence. But in addition to that, it's also, um, there's some coaching that's going along the way in that moment We're we're talking with them, we're helping them see, Hey, look, you did a good job. You made real progress. And uh, we're also kind of going, okay, here's some pointers on how to make the next, you know, the next month go well for you. Maybe you can walk us through one resident's whole experience from living on the streets to gaining independence. And we can just use a hypothetical homeless person. You got any good names for him? We'll, we'll go with uh, we'll go with Joe because I kind of like the old, the whole yeah. home, homeless Joe, yeah. homeless Joe. It's the kind of coffee we serve here. Yeah. It's homeless Joe. It's not the it's not your regular cup of Joe. Um, homeless Joe uh, has been has been living out in the bushes um, for you know and, and and along the outskirts of the community um, for you know maybe a couple of years. 
uh, after they got out of jail for some offense that they did, uh, jail or prison for some offense they did. And while they were, you know, while they were in jail and prison, they've they've lost uh, all the other relationships that they had that were valuable. So a spouse or girlfriend uh, or boyfriend or whatever, they lose all of the valuable uh friendships and and close relationships along the way all of that you know coming out of out of jail or prison to i have nothing and and really you know you're depressed you're anxious about everything you don't know how you're going to live life so what do you do well um you found out you heard around town that there's some uh some you know government sponsored agency that's that's uh giving away free tents and sleeping bags and you go use that to you know go set up camp next to you know one of the community parks or something um and so while you're there um you know you're just getting you 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 recognize that man nobody's safe everything everybody's trying to steal from you lie to you get get something out of you find out what you actually have inside so to determine if they want to steal you know cut into your tent and take it from you when, when you're gone or or in the night um add to that that uh you've also got people in the community who would normally be thrilled to be at the park and and using the facilities there but they see you there and they're angry they're angry because they don't feel safe around you and and everything and so you know they don't even know you and you feel judged and and yet the same is true of them they they're they, they're angry and they, and, they, and they feel judged and they feel not you know treated fairly anyway so you so what happens is oftentimes is that a person will start uh, using uh, drugs and alcohol, methamphetamine, as far as drugs go, is probably one of the most readily available drugs on the street, uh, along with marijuana and and alcohol. But both methamphetamine and marijuana both um, lend themselves to a lot of other mental illness issues. You know, to paranoia, schizophrenia, um, all kinds of different psychoses and, and and whatnot. So, so this person, so homeless Joe comes to the mission by the time they finally have decided you know uh my my feet have been wet for too long and and i've got you know they're they're literally rotting in my shoes um and and i'm miserable but somebody recommended you know a police officer came by and recommended the mission and um and so i'm going to try it out um but that means now I've got to, you know, I, I started smoking, drinking, and doing drugs to deal with all of my stressors and to deal with now the fact that I, I'm not even sure, you know, the voice in my own head versus voices, you know, from coming from other people and, and everything. And I'm going to come into this place that I don't know what's inside. It's a big blue building. I'm a little scared. Uh, I come in. I'm greeted by other homeless guys um, who come in and, you know, they, they, they let me know that I can stay if I agree to some rules. The rules seem steep, you know, right now because there are rules like I got to get up on time, I got to quit smoking, I got to stop all of these things that were all my coping mechanisms, and I don't know anything about what, I still don't know what I'm going to get on the second floor of this building. Uh, I don't know anything about it, so it's pretty intimidating when I first walk in. Um, 
they take you they take you in they put you in front of uh, a computer video that uh, that shows you you know maybe this conversation you know talking about what what it is to to stay at the mission and what's expected of me and then uh, and then I, I move from there to an application you know and and where I start telling you know giving some you know some information about myself uh, again depending on where my anxieties are you know I might I mean, I'm being asked a lot of hard questions and, and some of them pretty raw, honest questions, you know, uh, on things. I might be reluctant to even tell them all the truth of, of what I, you know, my condition, uh, a little embarrassed, a little ashamed, maybe. Um, at that point, I go to meet a coordinator and this coordinator is asking me questions. And fortunately, hopefully by this time, you know, I'm starting to kind of get a feel for the for who's running this place, who's in charge of this place. And, and um, I've met some homeless guys coming in the door. They've kind of gone through my stuff. They're, they're, you know, they're making sure I'm safe. Uh, and now I'm sitting down with, uh, you know, some, a trained professional. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, uh, and that's a good process, you know. I mean, just we get to talk a little bit and find out that they're, pretty nice and and asking some good questions and and maybe you know maybe I've had the courage to ask a few questions myself you know at that point um about the mission make sure that you know we're both kind of sizing each other up am I the right person for this place is this the right place for me and uh, if I if I check in if they if they say yes then um, then what happens is I'm given back to those RAs, the resident assistants who, who checked me in, and they're going to take me upstairs and show me uh, a locker and a bunk and uh, give me a place to put my stuff, and, um, and I'm starting a program now. Let's quickly skip back to the intake interview with a coordinator. What does that include? So, so a so that very first interview with the coordinator is going to include a lot of things. Uh, the, as the coordinator is trying to figure out, how am I going to get this guy independent? How am I going to get homeless Joe independent? And um, so they're going to ask a lot of questions. Um, you know, how did you become homeless? Um, they're going to ask questions about. Um, do you have any income? What What are you even physically capable of? You know, uh, have you ever worked before? And what kind of jobs have you done? Um, they're going to be asking about, you know, well, why are you here and didn't go to your family? Um, you know, uh, tell me about, you know, your relationship. Do you have any family nearby, you know, and everything? And, and uh, do you have obligations to them and, you know, or anything? Uh, they're going to be asking questions about, you know, do you have the Oregon Health Plan? Um, are you, do you, have you received your uh, your supplemental nutritional food benefits, your SNAP card? You know, have you re- received that from the government? Uh, are you on a, a HUD waiting list, a low income housing waiting list uh, of any kind? If you aren't if all those are no's then those are going to be some of the things that we 
make that the, the coordinator will ask Homeless Joe to do within the first 30 days. Um, they can usually be done, most of them can be done in a day, but we also recognize that, um, you know, having a whole bunch of structure can feel like shock and awe that first, you know, first time. So we're just going to go, well, let's give you 30 days to accomplish this and, and work through it. Um, we're we're going to rediscuss some of the the um, just the regular rules of the mission and kind of remind them you're sure you can do all of these things right and here's they might might give them a layout of of like what's the itinerary for or the average resident what time do we get up what time do we eat meals what time is chapel what time is you know the you know the what's the workload expected of you um, and uh, and really what the coordinator's trying to find out is again what path do I put you on? You know, how do how do we get you to a place where you are independent and homeful? Um, what's that going to look like? So, um, if you're somebody who has a work history, you know, a good work history, and you're of an age where you can get back into the workforce, that's probably going to be the direction we're looking to head you, you know, head you into. Um, if you're somebody that you know maybe is. Um, you know, you're coming in later in life and, and uh, you're struggling, you know, physically pretty good. And maybe, you know, you're looking for Social Security or a disability thing. We may start looking at moving you into that direction and seeing how we can, you know, expedite that process and get you, get you the, the funds coming in the right way, you know, at that, at that level. So um, the 30-day first, the first step of your of your of your pathway to independence is going to be really kind of laying you know mapping out that first little leg of your journey it's the uh, what are the baby steps that we need to to go to uh, to get you really to the base of the mountain trail um, because you're about ready to embark on a journey that will feel like emotionally at times like you're climbing a mountain and um and really what we're trying to do is is go well you know climbing a mountain's easier a if you stay on the path and b if you just work on one step at a time instead of trying to you know swallow the whole mountain in one shot you know so if i can get you just focusing on the individual steps and working on those and and then you know over time as we do this repeatedly We'll start to actually take some time to just look back, look back down the path at where you come from, and go, "Wow, look! You know, you've done this now for some time. It doesn't feel like you're at the top of the mountain yet. You had a lot farther to go than you thought, and and uh, but look at how far you've come. You're you're no longer down in the valley, and you're actually you're still making progress, and you're on a path. You're on a path that is that is well worn." And uh, and it's a path genuinely to independence, and that's what we're looking for. Each each resident's working on a path. The the the, the main measure of progress is really financial. Um, so we're tracking how do we get this person to a place where they actually have an income, and then and, and it needs to be an income that can sustain them uh, independently. So. So we, we need to, it needs to be either a full-time job or 
if they've got, uh, or if it's got, maybe they've got a Social Security income of some kind, then it may be Social Security plus a part-time job. Or it might be, I mean, rarely, very, very rarely do we have somebody whose Social Security all by themselves, all by itself is enough to get them uh, through. Most of the time it takes it takes a combination of the two. But uh, we work in that path. So let's just imagine that Joe's the guy with the job. He's going he's gonna to apply for a job. After his first 30 days, that's the first thing that we start looking at is what do we got to do to get you into employment? And we start we start them on a uh, an employment, a work search program. Um, and most of our men and women who start that process will find work in our community within, I'd say, about three weeks. I mean, it happens relatively quickly. Um at that point, uh, what we what we ask them to do is, okay, great, congratulations, you got the job. Now let's look at what do we need to do to make it so that all the money that you earn is really yours. So we will uh, we'll begin going. I want you to list out all of your debt. I want you to list out, and that goes. I mean, everything. I want to know all your fines and fees from the courts. I want to know. Um, any bad debt that you have um, from, you know, uh, whatever, you know, defaulted on a payment on something somewhere, or um, maybe it could be back child support or, you know, alimony payments or something like that. Um, anyways, we just want to list it all. We want to we see how big of, because this is part of the mountain that we're going to have to climb. And so... Um, so we're gonna we want to see it all so we get a good idea of what it what it actually is. Then um, then we'll say well let's start let's start uh, let's open up a checking account. Let's get in and and actually open up with your first paycheck. Let's open up a checking account. And this is where we usually get a more honest answer from homeless Joe about his back debt, um, because up until up until now he had forgotten about any debts that he might have. But the minute we talk about uh, opening up a check account, and we'll find out, you know, Joe will say, "Oh, I can't do that." Well, what do you mean you can't do that? And he, Joe might say. Well, you know, I'm on the checks system. I, I wrote some bad checks before I went into prison, or whatever. Or, you know, I, I owe back child support, and I'm afraid if I open up a checking account, they're just going to garnish everything I put in, and and those kinds of things. So that's where we usually start getting a more honest look at what's really going on, Joe, how, and, and how you got here, and how deep of all. How deep of a pit have you gotten yourself into? Um, because it's funny, you know, the the pathway to independence feels like climbing a mountain, but all we're really doing is climbing out of a pit. It's it's not we're not we're not climbing any real mountain. It just depends on how far of a pit did we get ourselves into. And uh, in either way, it feels the same. It's still climbing. So you you get there and and we start listing out the debt. And what we we do then is we begin to hold this person accountable. We start holding Joe accountable to a budget. We start saying, okay, hey, look, um, let's, you, this is one of the few top times in life where you're going to have the opportunity to pay it all, pay it all off and, and start clean, you know, and, and, uh, 
or pay it down to such a degree that it's no longer in control of you. You know, that debt's no longer in control of you. So, you know, pay it down and set up payment plans that are manageable or whatever. Uh, our goal is is to, that you get rewarded for, that Joe would get rewarded for the... Um, for the hard work they're doing. I think everybody needs a little pocket change, you know, from time to time to, to uh, experience the, the, the benefit of working and being independent and everything. But we're not going to be buying big screen TVs yet. We're not going to be buying, you know, all those kinds of things yet. So Joe's in this spot where he's, he's, uh, he's been here. This at this point, we're probably looking at um, somewhere between forty-five days to sixty days. You know, when we're really when we're really starting to see a paycheck has come in, and um, and now we're dealing with what are you going to do with that money now that you got it, Joe? And how are we going to keep, how are you going to keep that job? You know, the fact that you can get one is a, is a big milestone, but how are you going to keep it? And part of the way to keep it is to be able to manage your funds, you know, manage, manage and maintain your finances. So we're going to look at all of those things as we build our way forward. Um, what we want is for Joe to, to do well at, at uh, at his work and to be able to throw everything he's got into it, um, we but we also want to make sure that um, that in doing that that uh, that the money's being spent effectively. That we're not we're not taking care of um, you know cousins who need to borrow some money here and there or or any of that kind of stuff. We're not we're not uh, and we're we're certainly not you know this is not a time to be donating our time talent and treasure. Uh, to the world around us, because it's really not ours if we have debt. So Joe needs to be to, to get to the spot where the money that he earns is really his before he can decide what to do with it. So once we've wiped out that debt and we've and we've got everything manageable, then Joe's actually has the ability to be in control of his money. And that's the direction that we're going. Is so every thirty days we'll be looking at, um, we'll be asking Joe to bring in pay stubs and and a bank statement. Um, and we're going to go down and question everything. Um, we're going to question, you know, every dollar thirty nine that was pulled out of a Seven Eleven, you know, ATM or whatever, the, a debit card or something, because they wanted a big gulp, right? We're gonna we're gonna look at everything and we're gonna challenge everything. And we're gonna say, hey, you're not taking it, you know, are you taking advantage of all that we can be for you, so that you can get to the place where you're independent? And that might mean that I need him to not buy his lunch out. But he gets his lunch here at the mission, where he's actually, you know, being provided for in that in that regards. And it may not be everything that he wants uh, in a lunch, uh, in a, in a sack lunch or anything. But that's okay. He's he's going to earn. He's working to earn to the, the place where he can get whatever he wants. But what he wants and what he can afford needs to be the same thing. And part of the way that people get to homelessness is because they've forgotten the difference they they've they've thought they they haven't uh dealt with the fact that our wants sometimes uh are outside of our means and and so uh we're living outside of what we can afford that can cause you know that can cause financial collapse in in a family and 
financial collapse in a family can cause the breakdown of the entire family. Um, so these are the kinds of things that we're trying to work through is, is help them bring their wants and needs in line with what they can afford. And, and we're trying to expand what they can afford so that moving forward that they can, um, that they can truly be independent. The next step from there would be to just see that savings begin to develop and, and grow. Um, we feel like it's, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be uncommon for Joe to um, get a job, get some money, get an apartment, lose his job. For, you know, things happen. I mean, we just went through COVID for crying out loud. You know, things happen that are sometimes outside of our control, and we and we lose we lose employment, and um, and the the question is just going to be, well, what do you do then? Uh, you know, is is the if we're only living from paycheck to paycheck, then the minute he loses the job, he loses his home, and he has to come back to the mission. Um, so our goal is to build up a savings, help them understand the value of building up a savings so that Joe has anywhere from three to five months of savings in the bank that he doesn't touch, he doesn't go out and spend from that. That's his, that's his reserves so that when he gets out and gets his place, um, finds you know gets gets his apartment, moves in with his with his new roomies, moves back in with family or whatever it is. If something happens and maybe gets injured at work or or you know the job lays him off or whatever, it's no problem. He's already proven he can find a job, and he's and he can do it pretty quickly. And and so he doesn't need to panic. What he does now, he taps into those reserve funds to pay for his lifestyle and continue doing that while he's out looking for work. And let's say it takes him another three or four weeks to find a job. It's okay. He's not worried because he's got some stability going on and he can, and he can weather that kind of a storm. And even if it takes another two or three weeks for him to get into a full paycheck cycle, he could, he could potentially be out of income, uh, out, of, out of revenue coming in for two months and still find his way solidly forward with, without panicking um, because he's got it in reserves and because he's planned well and because he continues to follow the same path that got him here in the first place. You know, the, the, the same path that got him to independence will, will keep him independent as long as he continues to follow the path. And, um, and it's the path that really anybody and everybody out there who's doing life well is probably doing anyways for the most part, and um, and so that's that's kind of the the importance of that path. Now, if Joe had been on Social Security or some kind of disability income or something like that, uh, the path is going to be virtually identical. It's it's still going to be you have to get you have to get this the disability award. You have to get your whatever pay you've got you know coming in. You're still going to have to figure out you know, pay off your debt and, and take care of all that stuff. You're still going to have to get to where you manage that income, you know, to where the income that you have is manageable and enough to sustain you. The one thing I think that um, that happens uh, for a lot of guys is that they, they imagine 
Um, they come in imagining that what they're going to do is find a, a single uh, one-bedroom apartment that is affordable for them on whatever their entry-level wages, um, and that's that's almost doable um, nowadays because entry-level wages have gone up, um, you know, to ridiculous degrees. But but um, what we do is we'll move somebody once. Once they've met all of their, once they've met all of their goals, once they've, once we've gotten to where their debts paid down, or off, uh, once they've got a, a job um, that is that is you know solid and and they're they're working in the right direction. Once they've got savings going up, we'll have them look at. We'll make sure that they're by this time their driver's license should be back. They should have gotten their driver's license and 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 hopefully a vehicle at this point in time as well. They will have gone in and 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 uh, connected with counselors for addictions and mental health issues. They will have gone through and uh, you know maybe even you know connected in their church, got some you know. Uh, uh, relational counseling of different kinds, you know, um, whatnot. So all of these things have taken place during their time up to this point. And we're starting to go, okay, this person's just about ready to get out and find a home. And in fact, it it, it could happen at this point in time, you know, at, at any point in time uh, at, at about this stage and, and often does. But um, one thing that we'll do is when we recognize that there's stability, that Joe is now, you know, he's, he seems to have a comfort level walking the path. He seems to be, um, he seems to be managing the, the ins and outs of, of, his own, of his own budget and keeping his job well, um, that we'll start to say, well, what if we can fit him into one of our transitional programs? And in this case, uh, we have a, a place called Hope House for men, uh, and and uh, Joe would would certainly qualify to go into Hope House. Um, Hope House is really designed to be kind of a, a staging while he's looking for home. You know, while he's looking for the next for the next future home. And, um, you know, housing is still tight in our community. It's tight everywhere, everywhere across the country. It's, it's tight. So, so houses don't just readily appear. One room, one bedroom apartments don't readily appear, you know, all the time. And there's a lot of competition for them. So um, Hope House uh, can accommodate three guys at a time. And, um, and it, it, we up their program fees a little bit at Hope House, um, and he'll start paying uh, about four hundred dollars a month to uh, stay in that program, and he'll have fewer roommates. Now he'll have one to two roommates that he'll be living with in in this transitional home. Um, and what we'll do is we'll require less of him because he's staying in this transitional home, so he won't he won't have the rigors of of uh, of a stay in the mission itself, he's still expected to go to church on Sunday. But apart from that, um, and and he's still expected to do a thirty day review where we're looking at him a, a continual. We want to make sure he's on the path to independence still, and we want to make sure he's staying there. So so he'll still be being reviewed every month, um, but 
Um, the pressure's kind of taken off. And what we're really trying to see is how do you do now with the training wheels taken off? How, how's life looking there? And, and here's the interesting thing that happens as Joe stays at Hope House is really he begins to find some hope. He begins to make friends with the other guys that he's rooming with. There's trust that's really developed. And a lot of times what will end up happening is uh, Joe and his roommates will decide, you know, I didn't like staying with 50 other men at the mission, but two other guys is kind of fun. And I'm not lonely. It's, you know, we're, we're friends. We hang out together. You know, we attend church together. We do, we do things together. What about if we rented a room together? What if we rented a house together? Well, now, now Joe and his roommates can afford a whole lot more. And it's easier to get into a three-bedroom house. They're, they're quicker to come up onto the market than single-bedroom apartments come up on the market. And they usually have better accommodations. You know, a single-bedroom apartment might have a little tiny mini-fridge and, and a stove that, you know, maybe, maybe a microwave or something. And, um, and those are the kinds of things that uh, in, a, in a home will often have, you know, full-on dishwasher, nice, nicer, nicer, you know, uh, accommodations and, and stuff. Maybe multiple bathrooms. Um, you know, maybe a, a better yard and and some things like that, so you can have friends and family come over and visit and things things of that nature. So uh, oftentimes, that's exactly what happens with Joe is that he he reconnects that way and and gets back into um, community that way. And even if Joe decides at some point in time that he does want his own place, maybe, you know, he moves up the, uh, the corporate ladder wherever he's working and starts making enough money that he can afford to pay for his own three-bedroom home or, or something of the, along those lines. Um, this home that they've rented now becomes just an extension, a continuing extension of the good work that we're doing at the mission because a lot of these guys will know people still coming through the mission that have now moved into Hope House. And so they'll say, hey, we've got a room open. You can come and rent and take Joe's place, you know. And and uh, how cool is that, that uh, it just continues to extend its way out. Um, but what we've done is we've networked a community. What we've done is we've we've reintroduced them into the benefits of community. Joe at one time was living in the park, fearful and and uh, angry uh, at the community around them, uh, and the whole community was fearful at him and 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 his behavior. And and now he's made this transformation all the way over to. Uh, a, a genuine community, a genuine network of friends and, and family that uh, that are easily welcoming him uh, because he's successful, because he's taking care of life and he's responsible for the his his actions and the life that he lives. He has something to offer genuinely to everybody around him instead of just uh, begging and need um, and and uh, and threat and and everything. And so. Uh, it's really amazing to watch the the scope of the transformation that takes place um, when somebody really walks through the program 
uh, of of the gospel rescue mission. The pathway to independence is really a pathway uh, to to community, and it's a pathway to to family and homefulness. It's it's all of those good things, um, and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a classroom structure um, or anything. It's just all learned experientially along the journey. And I think we'll leave it there for this episode of the GRM podcast. I want to thank Brian Boteller for taking the time to talk with me today and explaining the ins and outs of the Pathway to Independence program. To learn more about the mission, give us a visit at grantspassmission.org.